This is A Mind Controlled Life, a podcast for a better mental state. Eliminate self-defeating behaviours and be in more control. With your host, Elaine Blidgen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to A Mind Controlled Life podcast. How are you this week? I hope you are feeling empowered, achieving your goals, you've had a great sleep, you've had a breakthrough, because I have all of those and more. So in today's podcast, I'd like to give you a language pattern. I have just written this as a post on my Facebook profile. Those are not the words that I thought I would ever say. Anyway, and one of the ladies there got a little bit confused, not because of who she is, but because I didn't explain it very well. In saying that, to be fair to me, you can only say so much in a post. And so I thought, you know what, why don't I just describe how to do it here? Send that link for those that don't get it. They've got a fuller explanation if they so wish. Right. Now, this particular language pattern, as in all the language patterns that you will find in neuro-linguistic programming, if you've done the practitioner and above levels, is designed to either reframe your current thinking, which may not be leaving you feeling great, or in this case, redefine it, which is basically the same thing, only they wanted to give another name for it. And there is no name for this particular pattern itself. This is just one of the many patterns that you can use. Anyway, I've said that. This is a two-part structure. It starts off with, it's not that X, it's that X. So it's not that I'm feeling tired, it's that I'm just resting my eyes. And you know people have said that before. And the way this pattern works is to help you to feel different about what's going on and what's happening for you in such a way that you feel empowered. Because this is a mistake that most people seem to make from what I've gathered. They seem to think that if you have a technique or a process, that that in and of itself cures everything. So let me put this into some more tangible experience. You're at work and or you are in your office and you work with somebody else. It's a lot easier when it's about another person. And this other person says something to you or does something that puts you off. And so because they do, you get triggered. And we know that triggers usually are just so quick. You don't even realize somebody said or done anything. You just feel it. You will always feel a trigger. And this is said thing. So you've been triggered and you're feeling it. You're feeling angry, annoyed, upset. You just can't get past it. You can't get your head around it. 
and it hijacks your thinking. And the thing about triggers is they do not go away. They don't just suddenly disappear because you're at a birthday party and you're distracted or you're with your partner and he's being particularly loving or your children have done something funny. When those events are over, it comes back. I mean, think about that. You see, I used to think that these were one-shot deals. You'd go through this language pattern, it would cure you of whatever you were thinking and feeling, and voila, that's it. No, it does not work that way at all. This is about giving your brain that space to think. Because typically... My clients come to me, yes, they've got these issues and we sort them out, but essentially what what they can't seem to get to do is to think. And if you think about yourself when you're feeling anxious or you're feeling stressed or you're tired or you're annoyed or you're irritated, and we could keep going on, couldn't we? Your brain has shut down from rational thinking and you're in emotional thinking territory zone. And that's when, if you are anything like me, you will make decisions and they will be wrong. So need to give your brain some time to think so you can make more rational decisions. So that's good. With that trigger, you then use this language pattern to redefine it, to change it in a way that leaves you feeling empowered enough to do something about it. Because when you can think rationally about a very emotional issue, you can then make plans to have a plan. (laughs) Make plans to have a plan. And it's that plan that you can then take action on. Because once your brain, your mindset is free from overthinking, overanalyzing, stressing out, shutting down, feeling angst, you can think, right, what do I need to do? I need to get this sorted. Who do I need to speak to? What do I need to physically do? Or who do I need to, where do I need to go? Whatever, wherever your mind takes you on this. And it allows you to come up with a solution. This is not about saying it and magically everything gets all slotted into place in your mindset and you then can go off into the sunset. No. This allows you to take action, but in action in a way that works for you. So I've labored that point, haven't I? So let's give you an example. An example would be if, let's think, it starts off with an internal context. And this is somewhere that you're experiencing the angst. And you know, normally if you're at work, or you're with your family, or you've gone shopping, or you're watching TV, or you're having something to eat, or you've gone for a walk. It doesn't matter. It can happen anywhere. Something happens, and there'll be a thought that crosses your mind. And that internal chatter is what you need to take note of, because that is where you are feeling and thinking at, and that's where you'll make your decisions from, and that's where things can go awry if you are not making a decision from a place of empowerment. So a typical example would be working around a colleague who is just downright annoying, or at least on this day they are. And this person has borrowed your 
staple it yet again, broken it or not put it back where it's supposed to go. So you need it to finish off this report, to get it on the desk. Actually, it's not paper anymore anyway, but let's just say it was. Get it on the desk of your manager, but you cannot find your stapler. And you know where it's gone. They've got it. They've taken it. And isn't it always these tiny little things that is the camel, no, is the straw that breaks the camel's back? Mm-hmm. So they're taking your stapler and you are fumed. And of course, you'll go speak to your other friends and or colleagues and they say, oh, it's not worth worrying about, stop stressing about it. Too late. You've already in that space. So you need to redefine this. Okay, so that internal thought is they are annoying. Why do they always borrow my things without my permission and then I can't find it when I need it? That's actually my mother, probably why this came up. <laughs> so there you go. That's what we got growing up. So this person has taken your thing, not put it back. You can't find it and you need it. Let's change this because you're feeling really, really, really annoyed about it. You've left with the thought that they are doing this to wind you up. They are doing this on purpose. They don't care about you. They don't respect you. They are just a rubbish person. So we can use any of those and start off this particular language pattern. It's not that this person is rubbish or is doing it on purpose. It's that they simply do not think about how their actions impact others. And even though it annoys me, until they learn that, this is always going to happen unless I can do something to get them to realise this. Now, that was an example. There's a bit of, there are a bit extra bits thrown in there. And this is what I wanted to make you aware of because you could, at the end of your language pattern, feel relief or feel better. However, it also depends on what you say in that second part. So the first part is, it's not that X, that's the first part, it's that Y, which is the second part. So I could have said, it's not that this person is selfish, because I might have thought, well, they're just selfish, not think about anybody else but themselves. It's not that this person is selfish and not think about anybody but themselves. It's that this person is under the same pressure that I'm under and they just grab the first thing that they can find and use it. Yeah? And then you can think, okay, I get it. I understand. Let, let me see what I can do. Get her her own stapler. Tell her not to use it. Or basically hide it and not let her, <laughs> not let, not let her have access to it again. I mean, you could do any of those things. The whole point is to get to a place where you feel relief. Feel that relief. So you do. If, however, you then use this to reinforce the fact that this other person is just really very annoying and you don't like working around them, uh, then we're getting into sticky waters because there are other language patterns that you need to add on to make it so that you feel the relief. So for a beginner, or for the fact that you've not done this before and I'm not supervising you doing it, I would steer clear of anything that you can say that reinforces 
your negative view of this person because the only person that this is going to hurt is you. Really, seriously. Because yes, it can be annoying and it probably is annoying that this person borrows your stapler and you can't find it when you need it. But then you're left with that feeling. They're happily getting on with whatever they're happily getting on with. And you're the one that's seething. So in my book, as much as it took me a good while to understand that whole forgiveness thing, you're not forgiving this other person for them. You're not saying that what they're doing is right or good or necessary not even necessary not just not it's the right thing to do what you're saying is i am not going to invest any more of my emotional money bank into this because it's like throwing money down the drain it does not get you anywhere that's a good image isn't it an emotional money bank an emotional bank is that better an emotional bank anyway you're not investing any more into it and that's the whole point of that forgiveness. And that's the whole point of this. This is about unhooking yourself from investing in how this person is the scourge of the planet and should be shot off into space somewhere for daring to borrow your stapler. That's what it's about. You see, we don't want to be thinking that. We don't want to be going around thinking that because we are left with the negative residual feelings from thinking like that. And that's all it is. It's for us to practice self-care. And now I know you've heard the word self, the phrase self-care. It's about being selfish. You wouldn't like that term. So I don't use the word selfish. It's about looking after yourself. It's all of those three, depending on how you want to think of it. I think of it as being selfish to be honest I like it I like the fact that somebody else can do something that is so intensely annoying and I don't get triggered by it anymore or at least if I do it lasts what five minutes if that whereas it used to last five hours five weeks five days and in some cases five years or more really yes truly this is where it can go and I want to save you from that because as much as, for some reason, because we're adults, we think that we have the monopoly on all that is knowledge and all these solutions and answers that somehow being 30-something, 40-something, 50-something makes it automatically our heresies that we'll sort these mental mind games out. It doesn't. I mean, it, it really doesn't. And that saying where think you get older and wiser. No, you don't. No, you don't. You just get older. You do not get any wiser unless you have been working on yourself, truly. So this is one of those times where you will, if you continue to use this, get wiser. Now, full disclaimer here, there is more to this than just the bits that I'm giving you because, again, you know, this is a podcast. It's only supposed to last 20 minutes and then I've skidoodle out of here. I want to leave you with something good. It still works. There's just more to it. So a tip for you here would be to use this on those less emotive types of situations. 
just to practice, just to get that relief. And this is how you know it's working. You're looking for that. Ah, I feel better. It still can be annoying. But whereas it was a 10 before, it's now a two. Because you don't want that person to borrow your stapler. So there are things you're going to have to do about that to see if you can. And it also allows you to stop trying to make something work that doesn't work. So let's just say you've said, right, it's not that she's a pain in the bottom and she's doing this on purpose to wind me up. It's that she really has no conception of other people's things. She obviously was brought up in a household where they could borrow whatever they wanted to borrow as long as they wanted to borrow it. And you get to that place and you think, oh, okay, there's not much I can do about that, is there now, really? You could then realise she's not going to change. I've been working with her for the last three years and it's been exactly the same. There's a clue there, isn't there? There's a clue. There's a clue that mm, this person is not going to do anything differently. So then you get to the place where you can just resign yourself to the fact that this is going to happen and then you detach from it. And is that a perfect solution? No, but it's reality. This is what it's like working around people. And I've gotten to the stage now where if that person is not a threat to me in a really bad way, I am going to use everything I can to detach from them, to not make them annoy me. And it, it, Because there's nothing to be gained by trying to fight these little wars that don't actually get you anywhere. You're the one that's wasting your time, your, your joy on this life. And I know this all sounds woo-woo, but to, uh, honestly, when you can get to the other side and you realise how good it can feel when you've just let go of the stuff that you can do nothing about, you you don't want to do anything about those things that you can't do anything about. I I recently... You, okay, let me just say it this way. There's somebody that I've been around... And it was an instant dislike, like an instant. They didn't do anything. They didn't say anything. Well, actually, they did say something, but they weren't those that, that kind of person that, that is just like, why would you say that? No, it wasn't that. She just not my kind of person. And her aura, her essence, her vibe, I don't even know her energy was such that it made me feel ew, just being around her. So instant dislike. And in the past, I would have allowed the way she is and the things she says, not to me, but to other people, to have seriously wound me up. And I would have had to say something. And inadvertently, I was going through a processing for something completely different. This is where I use this kind of thing or my, my self-coaching script to change that stuff that's gone on in my mind so I don't react badly to it. And so when I was doing something, I can't even remember what it was now, but what came out, which is what I can remember, was that I looked at her, you know, in my mind's eye because I wasn't next to her at the time. And I thought... I do not have to do anything about you. You can be doing you and I can be doing me because you're no longer a threat to me. And now that's interesting. Do you not think that I thought that this person was a threat? So that's why I would have to say something. 
So I don't. And that's the upshot of using this. So when you are in a bind, when something's triggered you, start off with the less emotive stuff first and practice focusing either on how you feel about it or how you can reframe or redefine their behavior because you can't know what they're thinking, their behavior. And you know you're on the right track when you feel, oh, okay, fine, whatever, at the end of it. You know, that spark is no longer there. It's just flat. So if I say that again for you now, it's not that X, it's that Y. Yeah? So it's not that this person is annoying. It's that I don't particularly like how she is as a person. (laughs) So you admit it to yourself and you think, I never will, so just get over it. Yeah? Okay. It's not that this podcast is too short. It's that given in bite-sized pieces, I'm much more likely to listen to it all and take the necessary action. Can you see where we're going here? I'm sure you can. And that is it. So use this. Really? No, seriously. Use it every single time you get triggered by the tiniest little thing and these huge things once you've practiced the tiny things first. So it's not just me that says that you can live a mind-controlled life. It's all of those people that we have been envying for our lifetime who have been living in a way that we would love to live. Let's take our cues from them and I'll speak to you soon.